0: So, can you hear me now? (laughs) This morning I thought it would be really an advantage for us to have a look and a listen because God's always speaking and we're not always listening. And uh, I'm hoping that by the end of this morning you will have uh, been encouraged to listen more carefully to what God is saying to us. You know, there's two things in the Bible that are unexplainable and they are set up right at the start of Scripture in Genesis chapter 1. The first one is that there is a God. Because it says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God created. It doesn't tell us where God came from, how long God's been around. It just says God is. The second thing is in verse 3, God spoke And God continues to speak. So the two things that are set up right at the start, God is, he exists and he speaks and he is speaking. Can you hear me now? Most people experience static interference, weak signal, poor reception, low coverage, no coverage, dead spots, because they're all symptoms of 21st century communication. But, you know, they're also symptoms of 21st century discipleship. And like Mr. Bean, in our video, we can struggle to be in the best place, in the best position to pick up an uninterrupted signal. Our connection with God can be one bar of 3G instead of the full 4G. God's made it possible for us to have a relationship with him through his son Jesus. But growing that relationship can be a static Hindered exercise. God speaks. Can you hear me now? Through the fuzziness of physical fatigue, I like the next one, and the buzziness of busyness, we have poor reception. In the rush of relationship demands and the impedance of media soaked lifestyle, we struggle to receive a clear signal. Just as we saw Mr. Bean check the manual to find out how we could improve his reception, thankfully, we too can find out in the manual how to tune our receiver so that when God speaks, can you hear me now? We can confidently say, speak, Lord. You're coming in loud and clear. So God is speaking all the time. We're not always listening reminded me of a a thing I read about a Father's Day card. Son gave his dad this Father's Day card. Dad, this is what was on the card. Dad, thanks for your lectures. I never change horses in the middle of a job worth doing. I know the squeaky wheel gets the worm and I never count my chickens until I've walked a mile in their shoes. (laughs) And then you open up the card and it says, and you thought I wasn't listening. You see, God speaks continually, but are we listening? Job chapter 33, there's a very interesting verse. It says that God spoke once, God spoke again, but you didn't perceive it. This is Job's comforters speaking to him. God speaks again and again. You didn't recognize it. And in John chapter 10 and verse 2, the famous section about the sheep and the shepherd, we read that Jesus speaking of himself that he is the good shepherd and he comes through the gate and when he comes through the gate the sheep hear his voice they recognize his voice and they follow him that speaks to us not only that God is speaking but there's a relationship Because we know the voice of God. We should know the voice of God. We should know and recognize Jesus' voice when he speaks to us. That's the whole thing about relationship. If someone rings me up, even without call ID, I could put the phone to my ear. If I know that person, there's a very strong possibility that I'll be able to recognize their voice. God's speaking into everyday incidents and eternal issues. Psalm 119 verse 105 very famous verse says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path so the feet speak to us of where we are now and the path speaks to us of our future God's word he's speaking to us his word is a light for our future and a lamp for our path for the for the present and for the future he's speaking into both and The present will influence where we end up in the future. So it's very important that we understand God is always speaking. There are two things that we understand about the word of God too. The Greek renders the word word, or the Greek word for word is this word. There's two words actually. There's two words for the Greek word for word. Um, And you know those words. It's logos and rhema. Logos is the written word of God and rhema is the spoken, the enlivened word of God. It's like a dynamic living word. It comes to every believer. It's those words that jump off the page. Uh, It's the words that our eyes are open to that. We've read it a thousand times, but suddenly it makes sense. It comes to us. That's the rhema word. And in Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil and he was attacking back and taking ground from the devil he used a a verse which said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God every word every rhema every living word that comes out of the mouth of God is what we live by we need to hear from God so what does the living word of God say to us about avoiding the 21st century static well, in the midst of... This is very interesting because as I was looking, in the midst of one of the smallest Old Testament books, there's a list or a process, a checklist. Even if you like taking the jargon of a manual, it's like the troubleshooting tips at the back of the book, um, although this is in the middle of the book, on how we can remove static and refine our signal reception. And in Habakkuk, very small little book after Nahum, I think, Sandwiched between a prophetic commentary and a praise composition, we find this little, little verses. So we're going to look at it together. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And it's on the screen there so you can follow along. I'll take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. I'll look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. In other words, these four troubleshooting tips will rectify poor reception and stand you in good stead for hearing God. Can you hear me now? The four points, they almost fell out and hit me. They are stand in, look out. Listen up and write down. Now, if you want to go to heaven, in the words of Pastor Ben, are you taking notes? Stand in, number one. Look out, number two. Listen up, number three. Write down, number four. If you want to remove static, you've got to stand in. The scripture says, I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower. So there's an element where we're standing is where we're remaining. So you know what a watchtower was back in the day. It was a place set aside from everywhere else where there wouldn't be distractions. And your main goal would be to stand there and watch. So that's the image we're getting. And the words in themselves kind of indicate that that idea of standing, being secure, last, like being there for a while, um, taking my turn. It's an obligation when you're on the watch. You've got to stand and you've got to watch. There's no sleeping at the watch. I will uh, be on the tower. I'll station myself on the tower. It's another kind of way of saying pretty much the same thing. But the tower was interesting, I thought. It, it speaks of the the idea of when you're in a siege situation back in the in the day and there was enemies coming, you would surround yourselves so that people couldn't break in. That was the idea. You didn't want to break in. Even though you're in a siege, you were hoping to get out at one point, but you didn't want them to break in. And that's what this is like, standing in. You're positioning yourself. First point, stand in, remove static. You're positioning yourself away from everybody in a, maybe we could say a quiet place, in a place where there can't be distractions, can't be interruptions, so that you're able to hear the voice of God. So I first began this in uh, 1980s in a playground in Miramar in New Zealand in Wellington. Early in the morning I would walk across the road to the public school and they had a big timber playground equipment thing and at the top of the slide was a big tower and I used to go and sit in the tower, pray, think, read and then slide down at the end and make my way back home. And it was before all of the children or any one of the staff were there. Nowadays, what I do is I sit on my exercise bike and I have my um, iPhone and I put that in the little holder that I've got and I'm pedaling along and I'm getting the, the U uh, version Bible to read back to me the readings for the day that I'm studying through and then I'll pray and get off the bike and get ready for school. Um, another thing that Cathy and I both love to do is to go down to the banks of the Nepean River and sit on the rocks as close to the river as we can get. Finding a place that's a go-to place for you would be maybe step one of this checklist. Where's a, a place that you can go to that will be your stand, your watchtower? A quiet place, free from distraction and trying to minimise the static. And, and to make this work... You really need to be doing it frequently, regularly, daily even. But there's no rigid time length. You don't have to go for half an hour every day and sit there for half an hour. You could go for five minutes. You could go for 20 minutes. You could be longer. Sometimes I know Kathy spends a long time just sitting at the river. But it's a discipline. And we're called to be disciples. So discipline yourself. Discipline myself. Let's, Let's do this as a... A part of our daily devotion. Let's have a look at Mark chapter six, verse thirty and thirty-two. From the Amplified version, this scripture was referred to last week when when um, Tim and Jamie were talking about mental health, and the idea being that even Jesus and the apostles needed a place to get aside. The apostles, who had been sent out on a mission, gathered together with Jesus and told him everything that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place, a solitary desert place, unpopulated, that's what that all means, and rest a little while. Because there was many people coming and going continually and they couldn't even find time to eat. Come away, a solitary desert place unpopulated psalm 131 verse 2 says surely i have calmed and quieted my soul i noted that the scripture said i have it's my role it's not up to god to quiet my soul it's my role i've calmed and quieted my soul soul and when i was looking in the background of this it refers to the fact that there's a stillness where there's no speech and there's no motion. So there's no, you're not active and you're not trying to say words, you're just trying to be still. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 in the message, this is such a, a message is such a gift to the body of Christ as a devotional tool. Have a read of this with me, chapter 6 and verse 6. Here's what I want you to do find a quiet, secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense his grace. Step one, stand in. Step two, look out. If you're having trouble with poor reception, I suggest, like Habakkuk, we look out. We look out to see. That was the second part of the verses that we looked at. Look out to see. You know, sight is one of the dynamic human senses. But sight can also be spiritual as well as physical. And the Bible equates light with spiritual sight and faith and darkness with sin or unbelief. We, have, we use phrases like something was eye-catching, or eye-opening. And I want to suggest to you that our natural perception can lead to a spiritual impression. We can see things in the natural, we can see things as we're reading, and we can get a spiritual impression based on what we've seen. As I was walking down the river just the other day, the council had planted three bottle brush um, trees in the bank, and they'd planted that or oh, a year or so ago. They'd cleared the area, and um, planted these trees. They were flourishing down there. It's a lovely, lovely spot for them and the bottle brushes were nice and red against the green of the bank. But little by little over time, what's happened is the vines and creepers that are also on the bank have come and they've started little bit by little bit just growing over the bottle brush trees. So now, well, last week when we walked down there, and I noticed it, the bottle brush trees are pretty much totally obscured by these creepers. God spoke to me and said, that's what life is like. You can make an adjustment early on to stop those creepers or the stuff that entangles us. And it could be business, it could be sin, it could be other stuff. Um, but if you, if you leave it unchecked, pretty soon it over." shatters you so much that people won't even know you're a Christian. Natural perception, spiritual impression. Matthew 5, 8 in the message, this is one that Timmy used when we went to creative at Imaginations Church on Wednesday. Um, It says, you are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world then you can see God in the outside world. In Disney World in Florida, it covers a space, I've never been there, but I read about it, covers a space of 101 square kilometres. So it's a big, big theme park. In fact, I think there's lots of little theme parks and hotels and places to stay. Um, but soon after its completion in 1971, someone said, to the uh, creative director of Disney Studios, Mike Vance, someone said to him, isn't it too bad that Walt Disney didn't live to see this? And Vance replied, he did see it. That's why it's here. Look out and see. Can you hear me now? Third point, if we need to improve our reception, we need to tune in, listen up. Is the third point. Listen up. Tune in. Listen up. I will look out to see what he will say to me and I will answer concerning my complaint and what I will answer concerning my complaint. It's actually unusual, to, I think, to say, look, I will look out and see what he will say. Usually you'd say, I will listen and hear what he will say. So the, the looking is really important, but now we're talking about listening. We listen what he will say. Well, we can listen up to God's word, because all scripture is inspired by God. And I love this word, inspired. It's, from, it's a Greek word, Theoneustos, like pneumatic. It's got the air, the breath element, God breath, God breathed. So these last few mornings haven't been too cold, but today was pretty cold. You got up this morning, chances are if you went outside to get the firewood or let the dog out or something and you breathed, you might have seen your breath. This is how I like to imagine God's word, the living word of God. It's like God's breathing. And I'm there going, God's breathing out, I'm breathing in. His word is like that. It's, it's alive, so imagine that when God speaks, we are receiving the word of God like that. Now, who's been reading Acts over the last few while, like with the church? We've got this thing every day, we're reading a chapter of Acts. Well, I have, and it struck me the other day when it was the 5th of August and, and through 6 and 7, so I read chapters 5, 6 and 7 of Acts, it struck me that there was a lot of emphasis on reaching raising and releasing anyone else see that new people were being added daily they had to raise up leaders to uh, look out for all of the believers that were coming and that meant that the the apostles were released to do the praying and the preaching uh and it's all it's all in there everywhere we go god is going to be breathing his word we're going to be listening inhaling his word we can listen to his word we can listen to god's creation psalm 19 verse 1 to 4 says the heavens proclaim the glory of god the skies display his craftsmanship day after day they continue to speak night after night They make him known. But here's the interesting thing. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. The Creation speaks truth about God. And it was only the other day I read, this is when we were looking through Proverbs as a church, I got up to Proverbs chapter 8 and I must have read Proverbs I don't know how many times but we've been reading in a, a translation called the Passion Translation and this is what it said Proverbs 8 28 it said when the clouds and skies were set in place and the subterranean fountains began to flow strong I was already there and that's wisdom okay and it struck me suddenly that Nothing happens by chance. Even the clouds are placed in the sky. God determines the placement of the clouds. He set them in place. And he continues. So when you see those pictures and images in the clouds and they're there for a moment and then the wind moves them around and they turn and change picture, God's doing all that. It's not random. God spoke to me through that anyway. It's the the creation. Nothing takes God by surprise and everything is planned. Um, So we can listen to God through his word. We can listen to God through creation. We can listen to God through spontaneous thoughts or impressions. Acts 2.17 says, In the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And uh, it's quite possible for us all to see visions and dream dreams. Was it Friday, Acts chapter 10? We're reading Acts chapter 10, and it's a story of Peter and Cornelius. Uh, It's midday, Cornelius described as a a religious man. Um, Peter's up on his rooftop, Cornelius is at his house, I believe they're they're both praying, but in different places. And they get a vision. Um, Cornelius gets a vision and Peter gets a vision. And it's amazing, just a wonderful way that God has drawn people together. Um, And then the gospel and the Holy Spirit comes to the Gentiles just because they had a daydream. Um, You know, dreams draw you. They don't drive you. If you have a dream or a vision for something, you shouldn't be kind of pushing that thing for all it's worth. It's something that will draw you gently. It's not something that should be kicking you along. So if if you've got something like that, that you're kind of pursuing, there's a bit of a check there for you. But spontaneous thoughts come all the time. How many times have you had a thought and you didn't pursue it and then you wish you did? Probably that was the Holy Spirit talking to you. Or you've done something that you thought you shouldn't do and you did it and then it was really terrible. That was probably the Holy Spirit talking to you through your thoughts. I had an instance last week when I was asked to proofread some uh, documents for assessment tasks at school. And I read them, emailed back, to the person and said, they're all good to go, you can send them out to the kids. And then I was, no sooner had I sent the email, I had this thought, check the dates. So I checked the dates and found that, yes, the dates were incorrect. So I then emailed them and said, check the dates uh, and then send them out. So they did that. But I believe that was the Holy Spirit prompting me, just something simple like that. And Kathy was down at the... uh, the swimming pool the other day after talking with with someone uh, she went to the river and the thought came to her as she was discussing with this lady at the swimming pool issues of faith and she wanted to know what would be the next thing that could possibly lead her to the next step and this idea came the prayer of serenity the the aa prayer god grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the wisdom to change the things I can, or I don't even know the prayer. But anyway, she went and she shared this thought with the the lady at the swimming pool the next day, and the lady said, I've got that prayer in my hallway. It's on a poster. Ah. And so Kathy was able to use that link that came as a spontaneous thought to help that lady um, move a little bit closer. So... Listen up, can you hear me now? And of course the final thing was write down. Avoid dead spots. How many times have you been, in a, in a, a, you've been trying to follow a plan of action and you kind of get completely to a place where you don't, it's not seeming to make progress. You kind of hit a dead spot. Well, write down is the clue here, the, the tip. The Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain, so he may run with it who reads it. At summer camp this year, Lottie was talking to us about, here's a test for the youth, um, talking to us about the benefit of soap. (laughs) Can anyone remember what soap stands for? Who was at youth camp? Benefit of soap? Well, I've actually discovered an even greater benefit of using raw soap. And I'll tell you, so SOAP stood for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Okay, that was SOAP. Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And I've added RAW SOAP. You know, natural things are good, aren't they? So RAW stands for Respond, Absorb, and Write. So if you have raw soap, respond, absorb and write. So you're in a, in a quiet place, you're looking out, you're listening up and now you're going to use your raw soap. You're going to respond to what God is saying, what you're listening to, what you're seeing. You're going to allow that to become absorbed into your thoughts. You're going to write those things down and here's what you can use now for your writing, scripture. Scripture. And that, in turn, will be part of the absorption process. Your observations, again, it's what you see. Applying it, how are you going to work this out in your life today? And then you might even write down your prayer. Raw soap. The benefits of writing stuff down is that it helps us to pay attention to what God's saying. Helps us to listen to God. And, and it helps us to slow down. We can read stuff and it's gone. But if we take time to write stuff down, handwrite, don't, I, I'm encouraging everybody to handwrite, not type. Handwrite. Write it down. It'll slow you down. And as you're writing it, you're thinking about the words you're writing and it all begins to kind of bubble, percolate, and you get, get a good sense of what God may be saying to you. So the physical act of handwriting is excellent writing down also helps you to put your words and feelings together so you can actually start to describe what you're feeling it can also help you um, try and understand how you're feeling so you not only put feelings to words but words to feelings you have a, a double kind of emphasis there or a double help and then if you look back over your writing over a period of time you'll see how you have grown as a Christian you'll see it's a story of your development in discipleship could the band and musicians come up everybody thanks so if you're troubleshooting with poor reception here in the 21st century and in the midst of all of that static this morning we've looked at four tips for better signal reception You could focus on each one, stand in, look out, listen up, write down. You could focus on each one individually or as a process. But the real power to remove the static comes when you actually do it. You've got to actually do something. Stand in, look out, listen up or write down. So that when God asks, can you hear me now? We can confidently say, speak Lord. You're coming in loud and clear. So today, you might be sitting in the congregation and you might be a, a person who hasn't really heard God all that often. But today, you've got a sense that God's speaking to you. and God's calling you home. God's calling you. He's saying, I want to have a relationship with you. And you're responding, I want to have a relationship with God. Well, it's fantastic that you're here because today you're going to have that opportunity to come home and to have a relationship with God. In the midst of busyness and all that 21st century static, we can drown out the voice of God. But if you're that person that's hearing today the voice of God speaking to you in your, in your mind, perhaps, or it might be coming as a, a kind of a nervous sensation in your stomach, And you you feel that God is saying to you, I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to come home. Come back. I created you for purpose. And I've got so much more I want to speak to you. Can you hear me now? If you're that person this morning, I would like you to pray with us. And we'll all pray with you together. And we'll believe that... When you pray this prayer, that you come out of the static and into a clear signal. You hear God for the first time. Or maybe you're recommitting your life to Jesus. So let's pray together. And then the band is going to lead us in a song. And then I'm going to pray to conclude our whole morning. And then maybe Ben will come up. Let's pray together. Lord, today I hear you speaking to me. I want to come home I want to start afresh I want to have a static free relationship with you my sin has been a blockage to knowing you but thank you Jesus that you paid for my freedom at the cross of Calvary and today the blockage has been removed Washed away by your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me. I receive you now as my Saviour and Lord. Help me to know you more from this day on. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll sing together and then uh, I'll come and close after we've sung this This it's fantastic thank you